0: Welcome back to the Podcast Positivity Show with your host, Marlena G. Coming up on the show today, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. We're also going to cover the topic of Christ manifested in the flesh. All that is on the way, so stay tuned. Welcome back to the show. I am so glad that you have chosen to fellowship with me. Let's jump on into the message. We're talking about the Holy Spirit today. What is the Holy Spirit and why do we need the Holy Spirit? Why did God send the Holy Spirit to earth? So, let's jump right on into it. Jesus overcame sin, Hades, and death. When God sent the Holy Spirit to earth, it was a declaration that the work that had been done in Jesus was finished. He had come in the flesh as a human being without ever being defiled or contaminated by his flesh, not once. He loved his Father and he did the will of the Father in all things until he came to the cross on Calvary. And there on the cross, he also had to commit himself to the Father in faith because there was a great darkness that fell over the whole earth and that darkness also entered into his soul and that was the first time that the father had forsaken him then the son himself had to commit his spirit to god in living faith then the work was finished so jesus had to take on the darkness of the world he had to put on all that darkness for us For all the darkness that everybody had done on earth, Jesus took it all upon himself, took it within his soul, and he died for it. He didn't do anything. He didn't have any darkness of his own. He had to take on the world's darkness. Jesus Christ rose again on the third day as our Savior, and during those three days, he was down in Hades, the kingdom of death. And he spoke to those who were in captivity who hadn't listened or um, who has, hadn't listened to or heard Noah's warning to repent. And he gave them hope and proclaimed that he had taken the keys of death in Hades. Check out 1 Peter three eighteen through 20 Hebrews 2, 14-15, and Revelation 1 and 18 as evidence of that. He said to some of those present, Stand there while I break open the gates of Hades, the kingdom of death. Then he broke open the gates and some of them followed him up there. followed him up and there were prophets and others that had lived hundreds of years earlier and they appeared in the streets of jerusalem which was a mighty 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 manifestation okay so on the day of pentecost he sent the holy spirit who came with the sound of a rushing mighty wind and that was the manifestation that a new time had begun Then we we entered into our time, Jesus' time, where we could be conformed to his image. That only takes place with help from the helper, okay? The Holy Spirit. He illuminates our inner man and gives us power to walk on that way. With the Holy Spirit, we get the spirit of power, and that is important in order to be able to break free from our sins, to break free from old friends. In order to break free, we need the spirit of power, and that is contained in the Holy Spirit. It can be compared to a rocket being launched into orbit in order to break free from the Earth's atmosphere. It needs incredible force. There can be different stages and boosters, but finally it breaks free from the atmosphere and enters its orbit. Then it can be steered and guided without these powerful forces. In our spiritual life, this is where wisdom takes over. With a gentler guidance and development. God didn't give us a spirit of discouragement. He has given us a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Check out 2 Timothy 1 and 7. That is the spirit of wisdom. But first, we also need power to break free. So, pray for the power of the Holy Spirit. If you feel that you uh, don't have any strength to do God's will and overcome sin, pray to God to receive the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to... So, the Holy Spirit is an indwelling power in your life. Then God can give that to you. And you know when you have received it. See, God can give it to you. And you know when you've received it, when you get a joy and a peace. The kingdom of heaven becomes part of your life. And the Holy Spirit is the power that drives you, guides you, and helps you, and comforts you. Okay? We all need the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, in needing the Holy Spirit, we need to submit ourselves to the will of God. Once we submit ourselves to the will of God, we can freely ask for the Holy Spirit and God will most definitely give it to us. Freely. Freely because the Holy Spirit is our helper. That's why the Holy Spirit was sent. So that we wouldn't have to tackle and battle and do everything on our own on the earth. But we would have a helper to teach us and help us through, uh, you know, times and Different times and trials and, you know, tribulations and issues and bondages and, you know, we can we can be free from anything. We can be free from anything as long as we have the belief in Christ Jesus and in the Holy Spirit, the one who was sent to help us in our times of need and troubles. I'm going to take a quick break. But you, you stay with me. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk about Christ manifested in the flesh after the break. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I really believe I have something special to share with the world. And Anchor is helping me do that. And I love how easy to use their podcasting tools are. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to Anchor FM Start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's Anchor FM Start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome back to the show. I am so glad that you are here with me today, fellowshipping and getting this word of God. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Join, join, join one to another and listen up. We're talking about Christ manifested in the flesh. What does that mean? Few people know what Christ manifested in the flesh means. Well, let me break it down. Christ manifested in the flesh is the doctrine about Jesus Christ, the son of God who came down to earth and put on flesh and blood like us. He was tempted like us, but overcame all sin. By presenting himself as a sacrifice to God and the power of the eternal spirit, he was justified in his human spirit and received up in glory. That's Hebrews 4.15, Hebrews 9.14, and 1 Timothy 3 and 16. You can uh, go to those scriptures to reference this. Jesus let himself be born into the world as a human being. The man Christ Jesus, therefore, in all things, he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of people. And you can check out Hebrews uh, 2 and 17 for reference. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. No matter what pagan, um, religious, idols, or false religions that's out there, there's only one way to God, despite what many people say all over the world. There's only one way to God, and that's through His Son, Christ Jesus. You heard it right here on the Podcast Positivity Show. As Christians, we are called not only to receive the forgiveness of sins, but to overcome all sin, to follow him who committed no sin. Okay, that's 1 Peter 2, 20 through 24. Thus, it is this very thing Christ manifested in the flesh. So now we're going to talk about obedience. Why did Jesus have to learn obedience? Now, you know, growing up as a child, you had to learn how to be obedient. You did things uh, when you were uh, younger that you didn't, that you shouldn't probably do. I know I grew up with four brothers, and my brothers they sometimes like to throw rocks at, at things and, you know, they go outside in the backyard, they get rocks and throw them. And my mom had to teach them, well, don't throw rocks because if you break out someone's window, then I will be responsible for paying for their glass repair. So they had to learn how to be obedient to my mother and not do that in order to uh, not cause a situation in where she would be responsible for paying for someone else's repairs. Um, so in obedience, we... we In learning obedience, we learn how to not do the things that God tells us not to do, basically. Okay, so why did Jesus have to learn obedience though? Okay, there is much controversy and debates as to the person, nature, and role of Jesus Christ. Perhaps it is best to see what the Bible says, which is in fact very clear. Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4 and 15. How are we tempted? But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. James 1 and 14. All of us have a desire to do our own will, sin in the flesh, and are tempted to do it. Jesus was tempted as we are, which means he also had this desire because he voluntarily partook of the same flesh that we have. So when Jesus came down as man, so he had to be just like us. So therefore he had temptations as well. Okay, however, he never gave in to those desires. So his temptation did not result in a conception and was therefore without sin. So he was tempted. Okay, so that's how he learned obedience because he was also tempted. But guess what? Guess what? Guess what? No sin. He did not sin. So that's how he learned to be obedient, because when temptation came in his face, he was like, oh, okay, I know what this is, I'm not going to do this, I see that this is against the will of God, and I'm just not having it, and I'm not going for it. That's how Jesus probably was looking at it. <laughs> but anyways, um, Jesus prayed that God's will be done rather than his own, because this was at, um, because, I'm sorry, because His will was at odds with God's will. If he had followed his own will, he would have had to disobey God. However, as always, God's will was done in Jesus' body. As a result was that he overcame sin and we received the possibility to be saved. So Jesus humbled himself and came in the likeness of men. He humbled himself. He was higher than us, trust and believe, but he humbled himself for us. So that's why you should love them so much. I mean, just humbling themselves and stepping in our shoes like that. I doubt if there's anybody on this earth that would do that for another person. Just humble themselves and just take it all for somebody else. I've, I've, I haven't met a lot of people that would humble themselves and just say, Hey, hey, I'm just going to take it all for you. So anyways, or I'm just going to become just like you if that person is, is, is you know, living in sin or doing whatever. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross Philippians 2 5 through 8 he was so humble that he died. Now, I don't know nobody that's that humble that they're going to die. But Jesus, I haven't met that person yet. I have not met a person on this earth that is so humble that they're going to die for their humbleness. In their humbleness. So that was what sets Jesus apart from all of us. You could think that the ultimate act of humility was when Jesus made himself of no reputation and was born on earth as a human being. But here it says that it was as a man that he humbled himself that was because as a human being he had a will that was at odds with God's will and which had to be denied and crucified in other words though he had the opportunity Jesus never sinned and Paul goes on to write therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name Philippians 2 9 through 11 so Jesus had to fight and obey to be saved from sin and death who in the days of his flesh When he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Hebrews 5, 7 through 9. Wow, 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 wow. Then Jesus said to his disciples, okay, okay, but wait a minute. Check this out. Check this out. Jesus tells us to follow him on the way of self-denial so we have to deny ourselves okay I uh, just want to put that out there. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Matthew 16, 24 through 25. Now, Jesus said that we must come after him, which means going the same way that uh, he did. He says himself that this is the way of self-denial, denying those lusts and desires in the flesh that all people, including Jesus, are born with and putting them to death on the cross we bear. If we continue following him on this way, we will end up where he is. Okay. Oh, excuse me. Jesus was made like his brethren. That's the whole thing. He was made like man, like man. I can't stress it enough. He was made like man. He came and stepped into our ways uh, in order to um, in order to save us. In order to come in our place. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil and release those who through fear of death were all were all their lifetime subject to bondage for indeed he does not give aid to angels but he does give aid to the seed of abraham Therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people, for in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Hebrews two fourteen through 17 So Jesus was made like us, not similar to us, not with any special uh, privileges, not with anything added or missing. No. He was made like his brethren in all things. This included being tempted like his brethren. So from the same source, the lust and desires in his own flesh, in the strength of God's spirit, Jesus was the first person ever to overcome all sin in the flesh. In doing so, he opened a way for us to follow. Having been tempted, he knows the way out. And has sent us the Holy Spirit to guide and strengthen us. So, Jesus was definitely tempted just like we're tempted every day. But he knows the way out because, see, he didn't sin. So, he also sent the Holy Ghost to help us through whatever we're going through on a daily basis. Because, see, he had to go. He said, I have to go to prepare a place for you. But I'm going to send you a helper though. So, you ain't down here by yourself acting a fool and going crazy. You got somebody to help you. Okay? So, the fact that our Savior is Christ manifested in the flesh, Jesus of Nazareth, is absolutely amazing. Okay? (laughs) He became completely transformed. Completely transformed. um, um, And it was a human being. It was in a human being that he opened this way. And it was as a human being uh, that we follow him. And we are his brethren. How, how amazing is that? That's absolutely wonderful. Stay tuned. I need to take a little break. Hey podcast people, this is your host me Marlena G of the Podcast Positivity Show. Last Saturday was the last weekend for our worship weekend music show. We are going to now focus our attention on the youth. We will now be doing a children's show. More details about that coming soon. Any questions or comments, message me on the Podcast Positivity Show message line. From the break, I am so glad that you are still fellowshipping with me and staying tuned. Um, So we talked about Christ being manifested in the flesh and we talked about the Holy Spirit. So what now? What now? Hope. Jesus' resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit ignited hope for all his disciples, including you and me. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to His abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. That's First Peter 1: three through four. It looked very dark when Jesus had been crucified, and they carried him to the grave. Peter thought it was all over. He had sworn that he didn't know Jesus, and he certainly was hurting badly in his conscience because he had actually loved Jesus with his whole heart. But he was weak. He hadn't received any power of the Spirit over himself yet. But then the women came to the grave, and Jesus wasn't there. And then they ran to the disciples and said, Jesus isn't there. He is arisen. Then hope was ignited in Peter and in the hearts of the other disciples. Jesus had overcome death. The Master had overcome death. A little later, he showed himself to them. A living hope entered the hearts of Peter and the disciples, a hope that now they also could follow the master. And then when they received the Holy Spirit, we see that Peter became a completely new man. He was bold and spoke up, speaking the word of truth to them so that many of them trembled and were cut to the heart. It was a completely new Peter who stood before them, a man of God. ...filled with the Holy Spirit. He hadn't made much progress on the new and living way yet... ...but he had received the Holy Spirit... ...and it was as if all cowardice and discouragement... ...had been shaken off of him. And that you can check out Acts 2. Paul also writes that God didn't give us a spirit of discouragement and fear... ...but the spirit of power. It was the spirit of power that came upon Peter and the other brothers. And not only the spirit of power but a spirit of love and of a sound mind so that they could speak the word of life to people. And that's 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Because the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind is wisdom from God that helps and enlightens us so that we can make progress on the new and living way. So thanks be to God that we have been begotten again to a living hope. Death is swallowed up in victory. Jesus conquered. Jesus conquered. He conquered death and the grave, death, death, hell, and the grave. And now we have the victory because he sent us a helper, the Holy Spirit. And now we have hope in the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us, hope in the resurrection. And now. We are reconciled to God, and we can be in constant relationship with him. And nothing on this earth, nothing you do, nothing you say can ever take away the fact that Jesus died for your sins and that you have a relationship with God if you want one. It's got to be by free will, though. If you want a relationship with with him, you most definitely have one. Do me a favor. Go to activechristianity.org Check out their website There are so many notes And uh, teachings and topics uh, Biblically A wealth of information that I feel That would help you on your journey In righteousness And living upright and living for the Lord Check them out, okay? That is all the time that I have For the show today I am so happy that you came and fellowshiped with me And may God Pour out his blessings on you Until we meet again, send me a message on the Podcast Positivity Show message board platform and I definitely will listen and I will answer you back. you have any ideas, any questions, I would love to hear it. Have a great one.